Welcome to the Lucas Baseball Podcast brought to you by DrRoto.com. On today's show, we're going over our favorite waiver wire and fab editions for the week. We'll end the show with a segment called Adam and Caught him, of course. Come to the members-only Discord channel at drrodo.com for all your seasonal fantasy baseball needs and daily fantasy baseball needs. Joined here, as always, by my co-host, Lucas Beery. And Lucas, we're a couple days into Major League Baseball season, and already we have some key names here to discuss. Some probably didn't expect to be on uh, these shows at least even a week ago or two weeks ago. Absolutely. We uh, pretty much hit on our, on our first uh, waiver wire pod last week. The influx of rookie talent has been kind of staggering almost. Uh, there's just so many to keep track of, and it's a good problem to have. And uh, happy to see some of these players on the list that were unexpected additions. To say the least, my man. Well, how about we start with a rookie, an interesting one from the Tampa Bay Rays, Josh Lowe, outfielder. Could be an elite power-speed combo, contribute in four categories for you. The one uh, thing he likely won't help you win is batting average. Rays liked him enough to trade away Meadows to the Tigers, though, and put him into the lineup on opening day against the lefty, which I think is something we need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Probably need to spend at least 50 fab to get him, possibly as high as 90 or 95, depending on your league mates and what they need. Yes, with Josh Lowe, he was a player that, in a few prospect write-ups, Last year, I had highlighted as a really nice stash uh, with the Rays being so cost efficient. They didn't want to give him a chance last year because they had Kevin Kiermeyer on the books. And, of course, trading away Austin Meadows in the middle of the week last week's given Josh Lowe and a huge opportunity. He has really good uh, walk skills, even though he strikes out a lot. He really you know, draws a long count. He has power speed. He drew a few walks yesterday, including one against the left-handed pitcher, John Means. I think there's a little bit of Robbie Grossman potential here for maybe 18 and 18 with like a 230 to 240 batting average. I think he's going to score plenty of runs because he's a great athlete and he's in a really good lineup. I would be okay going over 125 to even 150 plus if I was desperate for steals. Wow. Yeah. That's more than I'm willing to, to do, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a believer too. I just, uh, 90 to 95 seems like the right range for me, but I think you might have to go to what you're saying, 120 to 130 if you want to get them. I think there's a lot of helium now. And it's, uh, it's one it's one of those things where these players do not, do not come along that can give 20 steals, and that's why I would be willing to be aggressive is the thing. Yeah, and I like the comp to Robbie Grossman as well, a guy who you and I both really like. We've talked yep. about a lot on these shows. I've talked about it on uh, SiriusXM Fantasy Sports with Doc a number of times as well on Sunday mornings. By the way, tune into that 9.30 a.m. Eastern every Sunday. I'll be on there with Doc. But another player we have here, Lucas Santian. Santillan, Santian, how do you pronounce that even? I mean, I know who he is. I just don't know the pronunciation. I believe it's Tony Santian, but I would be guessing if I was going to be honest with you. Ah, he's got a little Santander in there. Santander. Santian. Um, Relief pitcher for the Reds. Expected to be a starter when the season began. Not the case, though. And I'm not saying he's going to be the closer for the Reds. I really don't see that being the case, but he did get the first save opportunity of the season. I think it's important that we bring him up, at least. You and I are Art Warren fans. I think he should still be considered as a favorite overall in this bullpen, but if you're desperate for saves, 
I wouldn't be against putting up 15 or $20 bid down on uh, Santion and hoping that he can get you even double digits in the category because the Reds will mix and match at least early on this season. Yeah, that was really, in fact, quite quite a the price range that I had listed for him was about five to twenty bucks. Um, I think this is going to be a committee. It's not looking good for Art Warren to get over twenty saves, maybe ten to fifteen for a couple of guys is a possibility. He gets Santian gets plenty of strikeouts, but he also has had an eleven percent walk rate last year, which is pretty uh, concerning. So I think that that could limit him from taking a stranglehold on the job um buyer beware is kind of what i'm where i'm at with this one if you're desperate toss you know five to twenty bucks if you're desperate but yeah that's where i'm at yeah it's not like david robertson who got the save opportunity this week for the cubs who actually has a good chance to keep getting save opportunities i hope people listened to the show last week and picked him up because that's a huge steal right now i don't have the same faith in santian i you know i'm just going out of my way to say santian now of course Absolutely. Yeah. And I wanted to list a quick note. One of our fellow writers here, John Carando, he pointed out, because <clears throat> we, we all kind of know that David Robertson's had a nice career, but I was actually a little overwhelmed with how good his career has been. He's been a lot better than I thought, and I knew he was good, but uh, he's available in some leagues, and I'd be, a little, I'd be semi-aggressive on Robertson if he was available, even though that could also be another committee. We just have such limited information at this point. I have a lot more faith in him keeping the job yeah. than I do anyone else you're going to find on waivers this week, at least. I... Uh, Medjel from the Mets, starting pitcher. DeGrom's out until at least July, it seems, so he's getting an opportunity in the Mets rotation. Good strikeout numbers, good ballpark, improved Mets team around him as well. Could make a big impact for your roster with that profile. I think spending upwards 70 to 80 fab isn't out of the question here. In fact, I think it's a good idea, especially if you missed out on Green or Brash last week. I would I would actually be willing to go up to another 125 to maybe even 150 if you're desperate for pitching. Uh, last year, Tyler Meagle had a 10K per nine. He's projected for nine and a half to 10K uh, per nine as well. Some people might be a little concerned that he could lose his rotation spot, but there are some injury-prone pitchers in this uh, rotation, such as Carlos Carrasco as well, even though we like him. Uh, so I'd be willing to get aggressive. I think this could possibly be a breakout. And even if he does take a step back, I think the strikeouts should hopefully be there since he's shown increased velocity. You know what? Even if he does lose a rotation spot, which I agree with you, I think there's injuries in that rotation that will appear yeah. and he'll make his starts. But even if he gives you 15 to 17 good starts over the first three and a half months, I think I would take that. Absolutely. And we always worry about problems kind of before they come up. I mean, there's no DeGrom will not be coming back for probably at least two months, maybe even more. So let's worry about that when we get down the road. Yeah, I'm with you there. How about CJ Abram shortstop? Maybe we'll get some time at second and in the outfield for the Padres. So the eligibility might improve. But I think I like Abrams more than most do, Lucas, and you know that. I've always come to his defense when people knock him, and I don't think he's going to hit for much average yet, especially when you consider he has very little experience in pro ball, but he can play great defense, and even if he gets on base at like a 300 clip, which is not even good, but a 300 on base percentage or so, that can make him quite useful because of the stolen bases and the run scored. Uh, he's very fast, he's very athletic, 
And that's kind of what you're getting him for. He's likely going to sit against lefties. At least that's what we saw on opening day. But if you want to boost in stolen bases, this could be a guy to give it to you. Absolutely. And it was very promising last night watching him try to steal a base against Arizona. He really stole the base. He just kind of went a little bit too far past it, which maybe that's a seasoning slash experience thing. But he stole lots of bases in the minors, so I think that he'll be able to figure it out. He's an elite prospect. Obviously, he's a top five prospect on most prospect lists. Uh, in fact, some have compared him to uh, Trey Turner, which I think might be a little bit lofty, but there's Tim Anderson potential. You know and, what I kind of see him as? I know it's a different position. Carl yeah. Crawford. Man, that would be a, a hell of a fantasy output. Um, the thing, obviously, that I think you kind of touched on briefly there was that above uh, high A, you know, as far as double A and triple A, he only has 183 plate appearances and missed a lot of time last year. So I think his experience is a little bit low. Uh, so there is some risk that, you know, maybe he just struggles or gets the bat knocked out of his hand. But I think he's worthwhile gamble for some steals. And I think that he's going to play kind of multitude of different positions. So he could gain some flexibility. Yeah, he certainly could. Uh, I mean, if he could get outfield eligibility that certainly improves his outlook for sure i mean getting second base is good uh but it doesn't get him corner infield let's say whereas you know he already has middle infield with shortstop getting outfield changes a lot of things for him for sure yes i i think the outfield is a possibility because they have kim and cronenworth they have a lot of different you know kind of a tampa bay race setup where they can move guys shift pieces around for my number on abrams i have more of a 40 to 60 bid on him and certainly could go could go lower if you're not that aggressive, but I think you're going to need to be since obviously folks are aggressive on Abrams, but I'm a little bit lower maybe than the field, even though I like the talent, just to have some concerns. Yeah, I'm, I know they're different positions, but I feel like you put your big bid in for Josh Lau, and then you yeah. have your backup bid with C.J. Abrams, because if you're looking for speed, those are the two guys you're targeting this week on the wire. Yep, well put. All right. Great stuff there. How about Nick Lodolo, starting pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds? Big-bodied lefty, had an elite caper nine in the minors last year. 13.9 to be exact, a career 235 ERA, 0.97 whip in the minors. So much noise made about Hunter Green making the rotation. Seems like Lodolo making it almost flew under the radar a little, but he's been hyped as a fantasy prospect for years now, and this might be his time. I prefer him in the 15-team leagues, I think, at this point, until he proves he can succeed at the big league level. There is upside here, though, and I'd be willing to spend 65 or 70 fab on him. Yeah, he is a a polished pitcher. He's had really solid successes in the minors i mean last year in double a AA and triple a alone you're you're looking at well over 13k per nine obviously that doesn't translate directly to mlb and in fact it's going to drop off quite a bit but still there's a potential for well over a strikeout or potentially well over a strikeout per inning tough home park is kind of a downside to him but i think that there's streaming opportunities in the nl central to say the least so uh, another nice uh, pitching addition that Uh, You could maybe get as the fourth or fifth most attractive guy this week since there are quite a handful of uh, 
names out there. Yeah, and just to go off topic for a moment, the uh, MLB DFS channel on our Discord is popping this morning. Uh, it's really been popping since the season started, but uh, yeah, it it's a really it's a really great resource. Everyone kind of puts their minds together, and uh, with the podcast that I do, and then the articles that you and Trevor and Heat do with the cheat sheets, and then everyone else in there. Emmerich's a great player; he's in there. Um, really, really great stuff. So I encourage people to check that out if they can. Um, getting notifications about it this morning i almost want to chime in but of course focused here on the waiver wire with you my man anything else on ladolo no i think uh again i think he's going to be fairly serviceable there could be some ups and downs like we've seen with rookie pitchers but the polish that you've seen he's age 24 the reds have some needs in the rotation I think he's uh, well worth an add in even 12-team leagues, as well as obviously 15s. No the strikeouts there, yeah. make him super intriguing, regardless yeah. of what the ratios end up being. I mean, if he gives you a 4.20 ERA, 1.22 whip, let's say, it's not great. But if he's more than a K per inning, I'll take it. Fangraphs gave him a 7 slider, and that's a pretty serious grade on a on a strikeout pitch. Yeah, I'd love to see how he utilizes it against uh, the righties, too. If he can get that back foot slider working, it's going to be a huge out pitch for him against righties. Because that, to me, would be the issue for a career minor leaguer thus far, going to the big leagues, being able to put away hitters. I would imagine against lefties, that wipeout slider would be good. But being able to get out righties is going to be the key to his success, I think. I agree. I think he could be able to dominate the lefties, and if he can contain the righties, there could be a lot of success. Uh, One other quick note, unless you wanted to chime back in on Lodolo, I just wanted to point this out. Last week, we had talked about Hunter Green. I was listening to Baseball America earlier this week, and I heard that there's been a lot of development on the third pitch of Hunter Green, his changeup. And I've heard that it's gone from a below average pitch to uh, maybe an average or above average pitch at a 55 grade. And if that's the case, and we're going to see him start tomorrow, Sunday against the Braves, could be another guy to uh, really spend up on if he's available and he has a good start against the Braves with that changeup ticking up behind the 100-mile-an-hour fastball and the elite slider that Hunter Green possesses. Yeah, and obviously I'm biased, and I always go to some of my Yankees when I can. I remember the development for Luis Severino, the year he really developed that changeup. Um, he was nasty, one of the better pitchers in, in the league until obviously the injuries hit. Uh, but yeah, that changeup could be a huge, huge, huge boost for Green. I'm excited that I got him last week. Had to spend over 100 just to get him. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that people have to spend 100 plus on uh, Miggle and Lodolo now because I'll feel like I may have gotten a steal there potentially, although at the time I thought maybe I overpaid. I I think anything, obviously anything that Baseball America puts out there, I think is uh, very reliable. So hearing that his third pitch is ticking up, I thought was worthwhile mentioning here on the pod. Yeah, almost as reliable as us, right? Something like that. (laughs) How about Seth Beer? Uh, Eligible only utility in most places. I mean, if you're on Yahoo, he might have like three different positions. But um, (laughs) kidding aside, he's a utility bat. D-backs player added him last Sunday in fab in TGFBI Lucas and he did not disappoint I decided to play him over Gavin Sheet so far so good hitting that three-run home run opening night 
available in most leagues still, and even with playing time being in question because he did sit against the lefty on Friday, Beer proved to be a very productive hitter in the minor leagues. Could have similar success in the big leagues now that the NL has a DH and a spot in the lineup for him. I think he is one of the biggest beneficiaries, his career and his fantasy value, thanks to the DH in the National League. I agree, and you could argue there are other players that could use it more, like Dom Smith or maybe a Mike Moustakis, but the thing is is that they have a bit more competition on their roster. Maybe not Moustakis, but there is some clear openings in Arizona for Seth Beer. Um, his his minor league numbers are absolutely astonishing. I mean, in, in AA back in 2019, he was 62% better than league average. In high A, he was 22-year-old, so he was a little bit old there, but he had a 190 WRC+. Plus. And he was well above average last year uh, in AAA. So there's not a lot of questions per se about his bat. Now, I've actually heard him being graded out as a 20 fielder, as one of the worst fielders people have ever seen. So he is certainly a DH. But uh, this is a solid bat. There is going to be some platoon concerns potentially. So that's not a huge negative because if you have a few righties that he's faced up against, then you can put him out well, there. Yeah, at least he's the strong side of the platoon. Yeah, that's what matters. It's not, a, it's not a huge deal, but it's just something that I wanted to throw out there. Um, but anyways, Carando, this is a guy that he was selling me on as honestly a huge impact bat. So I had to take a second look and I liked him the more that I looked at him, Lou. Yeah, and John Carando, a great writer at DrRoto.com does the weekly waiver wire and i think he's going to be doing the weekly mlb brief as well so stay tuned for those articles for sure two we have two two start pitchers here lucas the first is dakota hudson of the cardinals always been pretty solid whether it be as a starter or a reliever the issue is the lack of strikeouts for him him having two starts this week makes him very tough to pass on in leagues where you do need the volume though first matchup of the week is versus the pirates which is about as good as it gets i think i'd start him just for that matchup and worry about the other one after yeah this is a elite ground ball pitcher uh, playing with a defense that has just loads of gold glove players. He was a huge target of mine in draft and holds, and I noticed that he had a two-step lined up and figured he made a ton of sense. I think he could honestly even be fabbed in a 12-team league, even though he has a low, about a six, maybe seven at his best strikeout per nine. But he could potentially go a little bit deep into the game to mitigate that. If he goes five, six innings, all of a sudden that K-9 doesn't look as atrocious as if he only goes five, and... Uh, good chance at a win against the uh, crappy Pirates who are going to give up some runs to the Cardinals. Yeah, and if you play in daily lineups, pick him up yeah. and just use him in the Pirates game and then stream someone yeah. else later in the week if you're really that concerned. Yeah, we're looking at streams against the Pirates and A's are the two biggest targets that I've seen so far. I would have to agree there. Anything else on Mr. Dakota Hudson? Can't keep an eye out for Miles Michaelis as well. He is a little bit more intriguing because he has more of a track record than Hudson. But I think both of them are really wonderful uh, players when healthy. That's the only concern there. But for a two-step, that's not as much of a concern because you can dump him the next week. I'm with you there. How about Carlos Hernandez, another two-star pitcher for the Royals? Doesn't have much strikeouts in this game, but certainly has more than Hudson does. Did show better K per nine numbers in the minor leagues, though, so perhaps he can improve upon the 2021 MLB numbers. Two starts this week, one good matchup versus Cleveland, another team that I wouldn't mind streaming against, even with some big hitters, and then an average matchup versus the Tigers. Only 25 years old, big-bodied pitcher, could take the next step in his development this season, really make an impact for you. 20 to 25 
Uh, fab seems fair. I'd even maybe go up to 30 or 35 if you're a believer. I think there's more potential here with Carlos Hernandez than there is with Dakota Hudson or Miles Michaelis. I think that because he can touch 100 miles an hour plus with his fastball, he has a good curveball as well. Uh, the results last year were not sparkling. If you simply look at his starts, um, he was much worse as a starter than he was as a reliever, but he's getting his feet wet. He's still, you know, border, he's coming out of prospect status, so he still needs to get his experience, and he's going to have a good home ballpark playing in chilly weather where hitting is tough. So I think he's a guy that you can stream for two steps, even in 12-team this week, and if he does well, I wouldn't mind keeping him around to just see what happens. Not necessarily be married to the guy, but there's some potential here for a breakout. There certainly could be. So before we wrap up, we have our new segment. Let's do the first edition of Adam and Cutum. What do you have for the ads here? I want to chime in one last name on the pitching side. I didn't get a chance to slip this on in the notes, but he had such a good start last night, and he's going to be available. Merrill Kelly is showing a little bit of increased velocity on his different pitches, and he had seven strikeouts in four innings last night against the Padres. And he... Uh, he gets a good start this week at New York Mets, which is a nice pitcher's ballpark. Wanted to chime in with Merrill Kelly as a good pickup. All right. Well, I mean, we can just throw him in in the uh, the first name <laughs> ever in our Adam Cutham segment. What else you got? I know you have another pitcher you like. I like him too. Yes, uh, Nick Pavetta is my other name. Now he might. He's probably not going to be available in really fifteen teamers, but even in a twelve team league, I think he's worth a pickup. Uh, all of his ERA indicators in 2021 were lower than his real results, partially due to the poor Boston defense. Oh, man, the left side of that defense is really terrible. It's not good. But of the infield, 20... I should say, not the entire left side, because Verdugo right. made two great plays just yesterday. He's solid. But Bogart's endeavors have a lot to be desired in terms of defense. Their offense is as about as good as it gets, though. So, I mean, what are you going to yeah. do? That's true. Um and the defense isn't necessarily going to just overnight, just all of a sudden become like good or anything, but I think that he can do better than he did last year. Uh, and the 26 and percent strikeout rate, obviously is going to give him a good floor for strikeouts. Even if the ratios kind of slip on him a little bit, uh, could go possibly deeper into the game uh, than he did last year, since he's establishing himself more, even though he's 29, he is not established. So you could see a bit of a leap there. And I just wanted to alert the listeners to not let him sit on the waivers. I think that he's a must-add even in possibly 12-teamers. If you could use a pitcher, I think he's worth it. Yeah, I love the innings and the strikeouts. And with that Red Sox lineup smashing pitching, um, he could rack up 13, 15 wins or so. And I'm really surprised yeah. he isn't more widely owned than he is. And 10 strikeout per nine pitchers do not sit on the waiver wire for very long. So just needed to throw yeah, that out. This there. is definitely the time to pick him up for sure. Anyone else on the Adam section? Yes. Uh, one brief name here. This is definitely a 15 team name, not necessarily a 12 yet, but Diego Castillo of the Pittsburgh Pirates is another name that needs to be monitored. He had a really nice 2021 minor league season where he showed really solid walk rates, very few strikeouts, even a handful of stolen bases and second base and third base are going to be his avenues for Pittsburgh. Uh, Kevin Newman's, I think, days are kind of maybe numbered there from a starting perspective. He's not exciting or anything. He's kind of a he's kind of like a Joey Wendell where he's got a lot of 45 and 50 tools. But I think that the nice hit tool that's maybe a 55 or better, I think that'll actually kind of play up a little bit. 
and he could be an average booster. And I think I kind of compared him as a worst case scenario. If he does well, he could be like a Josh Harrison and maybe best case if everything pans out for him. He could be a Jake Cronenworth. So I wanted to throw that out there. Very good stuff. Yeah. Uh, he had a pretty good season a year ago, and the Pirates don't really have anything else. So might as well give the kid an opportunity in the big leagues, right? Yeah, because I don't think Newman is – I mean, he could honestly be DFA'd, and I don't think anybody would be surprised. No, me especially. I would not be at all. Um, over to the cut him section. What do you got here, brother? Kind of a big name on the cut. You oftentimes hear people talking about ads, which is great. It's good to give people info on – who might be picked up, but I think we want to kind of incorporate a few drops every week. A guy that I'm going to be letting go of, at least in a 12-teamer, is Michael Conforto. Uh, he doesn't have a team. He has no role. He also was diagnosed with a shoulder issue over the winter that possibly, well, I'm sure it cooled his market from getting him a job. He's also a batting average liability, and since he's not going to be IL eligible, uh, I think he can be let go. And even in a 15-teamer, if there's players out there like uh, Lorenzo Kane or Garrett Cooper or even a Pavin Smith that have a guaranteed regular job for the most part, I'd let him go for one of those guys to be able to have more bench depth personally, because he could honestly sign in June and you might be holding the bag for a long time wondering what to do. So that's where I'm at with Conforto. Oh yeah, I'm with you. I don't blame you at all. I don't have any yeah. shares, but if I did, I'm cutting him for sure at this point. Who knows if he'll even play at all this year? I mean, you say June and that's bad, but what if he hasn't played at all? Right, and I think that how like you, you can't know, he, afford to hold on to him. And I think the best point yes. you made is the fact that because he's not on a team, he can't be uh, injured listed. And then if, even if you have the IL spots in your league, you can't do anything. He's literally clogging up a spot doing nothing. Yeah, he is in the batting average liability. I think is going to limit his upside because he's not a steal source. So he's really going to have to have a good lineup spot or go to a loaded team for him to have some value. Because if he just goes to a Cleveland and hits, you know, sixth or I guess he could probably hit second there. But I don't know. I just think there's just too many ifs for him. And obviously he's not playing. So I think he was a good mention here. Certainly. Another one you have is Garrett Hampson, second base outfielder for the Rockies. This cut is a little harder for me. If I drafted mm -hmm. him, it was because I needed the stolen bases. So I might not be ready to give up on those yet. As of now, I think his playing time certainly in question. But one mm -hmm. injury to an infielder or an outfielder, and suddenly he's in the lineup almost every day. So if I can afford to wait another one to two weeks with him to see how it plays out a little more, I think I still would. Yeah, and again, for this purpose, I didn't want to just give the easiest names. I figured I'd give somebody that was kind of borderline. Maybe it maybe it kind of puts things into perspective. He's just had such a poor track record. I mean, it's just I don't trust him as a player. I also think that his role is, is kind of within question. And he's virtually useless on the road just because Rockies hitters kind of take a big downgrade and he's already not good. I, I did note that if you definitely need steals, you can give him another week or two and just see what plays out because he could possibly provide some steals, kind of like a poor man's Manny Margot. But, yeah, I'd be perfectly fine cutting him. All right, man. Good stuff there. That'll wrap up the Lucas Baseball Podcast brought to you by DrRoto.com. I'm Lou Landers with my co-host Lucas Beery. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll catch you next time.